getting shipped off to Germany for a certain amount of time and this is putting a, a big huge hindrance on everything we talked about mm. and I wanted to see what options we had here if you're a wholesaler or aspiring wholesaler, a common occurrence that will happen, if it hasn't already, is a seller or a cash buyer will want to back out of a fully executed contract that you have with them. When that happens, how should you handle it? When is it okay? When is it not okay? When should you let the seller or the buyer out of the contract and when should you enforce it? I'm going to make it clear for you on this video and be sure to stay at the end of the video where you can listen to a live call I had with the seller who wanted to back out of our contract so you can see exactly how I handled it. If you're new here, I'm Jerry Norton. I make millions of dollars a year wholesaling and flipping houses. And here on my channel, I show you how to do the same. So if you want to be a flipping genius like me and live your dream life, subscribe to my channel and watch my videos. First, let's talk about when and how to enforce a contract with a seller or a buyer and how you can protect yourself as a wholesaler. Like all industries, there are dishonest people who lie, cheat, and steal, and wholesale real estate is no exception. When a person has low integrity and money is on the line, they often make bad choices. But I will say this, the bad actors in the industry are the exception, not the rule. After nearly 20 years in the industry, I've only personally experienced a handful of dishonest parties in the transaction, and I'm convinced that the majority of people in wholesale real estate are honest and fair in their dealings, but there are the exceptions, so you still need to be aware of the underbelly of wholesaling. Remember, your job as a wholesaler is to source and find distressed sellers looking to sell their unwanted properties at a discount for a fast, convenient, as-is cash closing. Now, once you and the seller agree on price and terms, you'll execute a purchase and sale agreement. That purchase and sale agreement is a legally binding contract between you and the seller. Like any transaction between two consenting parties, a written contract is what commits and protects both parties and violating the terms of that contract could result in legal repercussions. In a wholesale transaction, there are three parties, the seller, the end cash buyer, and the wholesaler, and all three have an opportunity to be dishonest and unethical. First, let's talk about the seller. A dishonest seller could what I call backdoor you. Getting backdoored is where a seller disregards your contract and without you knowing, contracts and sells to another investor for more money. Here's a typical scenario. Let's say that you and a seller agree on a price of 100,000 and execute a contract with a 30-day closing and you open escrow with title company A. Then the next day, the seller gets a higher offer from another wholesaler for let's say 105,000 and signs a new contract with that new buyer with a 21-day closing with title company B. And then he closes and sells the property right out from under you and you don't find out about it until it's too late. So what do you do to prevent getting backdoored? There is a very simple solution. Once you execute a contract with a seller and you open escrow with a title company, have your escrow agent immediately file what's called an affidavit and memorandum of agreement. What that does is it records that you have an interest in the property via your contract and essentially clouds title and will prevent the seller from selling the property to someone else. And if you'd like my affidavit and memorandum for free, I'll give you the download link in the description box below. This happened to me a few years ago. I had contracted with a seller and opened escrow like normal, but then immediately the seller stopped returning my calls and went dark. Now I suspected he was trying to backdoor me, so I filed an affidavit of memorandum. Now I didn't think anything of it and I went about my life. 
Well, about 30 days later, I got a call from a different title company who was trying to close the property with another cash buyer for a higher price. Now, I verified that I had contracted first and the seller was in fact trying to backdoor me. Not cool, right? Well, I told the title agent that I was not going to remove the affidavit and to have the seller call me. Five minutes later, the seller called me demanding that I remove the affidavit. And I told him I would gladly remove it for $10,000, which by the way was half of the assignment fee I would have made. Eventually he agreed. I had another experience where I contracted with a seller on a property and then after opening escrow and doing a title search, found that there was already a recorded affidavit on the property. I called the other wholesaler and he in fact had legitimately contracted with the seller before me. So I called the seller and I told him I was not going to buy his home and that his actions were dishonest and that he should honor the first contract he signed, which he did. Okay, the second party in a wholesale transaction that could be dishonest and unethical is the cash buyer. The cash buyer could also backdoor you and go straight to the seller. For example, let's say that you have a contract with a seller for 100,000 and then you find a cash buyer who agrees to pay 115,000, but in order to get a better deal, the cash buyer goes around you directly to the seller and offers to pay 105,000. In that case, the seller would make another 5,000 on the deal and the cash buyer would save himself $10,000 and then you, the wholesaler, would get cut out of the deal. Again, filing an affidavit and memorandum will prevent that from happening. I think it goes without saying that backdooring a wholesaler is straight up crooked, but there are two more common reasons why a cash buyer doesn't honor the assignment contract and decides not to buy the property. The first reason is after they contract with you, they find a better deal and decide to buy that deal instead of your deal, leaving you high and dry. The second reason is they are unable to secure the cash needed to buy the property even though their contract with you was for all cash and they did not have a financing contingency. Now I refer to a cash buyer with a low commitment to the deal as a flaky cash buyer. And neither of those scenarios does not entitle the cash buyer to cancel the contract without repercussions. And just like how there is a simple solution to prevent getting backdoored, there is also an easy way to avoid a flaky cash buyer and make sure he is super committed to the deal. And that is to get a sizable, non-refundable earnest money deposit, or EMD. And you do that at the time of executing the assignment contract. Earnest money deposit is a good faith deposit held in escrow until closing. If the cash buyer doesn't perform, he would forfeit the EMD to you, the wholesaler. The key to EMD is making sure it's sizable and non-refundable. A cash buyer may be willing to walk from a $500 EMD, but is not likely to walk from a $5,000 EMD. Keep in mind, in real estate, if you're an investor, there's much less sympathy and leniency for backing out of contracts compared to a homeowner because you should have a higher level of competency with contracts and transactions and should know better. Bottom line is, if a cash buyer can't perform and decides not to close on the deal, the right thing is for him to take responsibility and willingly forfeit his EMD. Okay, the third party in a wholesale transaction that could be dishonest and unethical is the wholesaler. In fact, of the three parties, I see more dishonest wholesalers than sellers or cash buyers. I've done several videos on my channel exposing wholesalers who are outright scammers. If you want to see what that looks like firsthand, watch a video where I exposed a wholesaler in Texas who created fake contracts and then got naive cash buyers to give him earnest money that he would keep and never give back. I'll put the link to that video in the description below so you know what to watch out for. 
I'm embarrassed to say things like that happen. Some wholesalers also mistreat sellers. I just did a reaction video about a recent investigation accusing national wholesale company Homevestors for targeting and taking advantage of elderly people. Now, in that video, I discussed what they were accused of and specifically how you as a wholesaler can operate with transparency and honesty. That investigation found that a common practice with Homevestor wholesalers was to manipulate incapacitated elderly people into signing contracts at steep discounts and then cloud title, like I explained earlier. Then once the seller or seller's relatives figured out what was going on and tried to get out of the contracts, Homevestors would not remove the cloud on title and even pursued legal action to enforce the contracts. Now, if you want to watch that video where I break it down, I'll put the link in the description below for you. To me, this is a big deal because the wholesaling industry in recent years has come under a lot of scrutiny from isolated examples of dishonest wholesalers, like the Homevestors allegations. So it's really important you operate with the highest standards. So now let's talk about when you should let a seller or a cash buyer out of a contract. There may be a situation where the right thing to do is not enforce the contract. Making that decision is gonna take good judgment on your part. The moral compass you should live by is doing the right thing takes precedence over making money. No amount of money is worth putting grandma with dementia on the streets. So let's start with the cash buyer. If for some reason the property is unable to close due to no fault of the cash buyer, such as the seller is unable to provide clear title, then terminate the contract and give back his earnest money deposit. I have a situation right now in a wholesale deal where I'm in contract to buy a bank owned property and then I contracted with a local cash buyer to wholesale the deal to who put down a $10,000 non-refundable EMD. The problem is the closing has now been delayed over 30 days because the bank won't close without a past fire inspection from the local municipality. It's failed four times and for whatever reason, the bank refuses to close on the sale without a past fire inspection. So my cash buyer got tired of waiting and no longer wants to buy the deal and requested to terminate his contract and get his $10,000 EMD refunded. Now it's not my fault we haven't closed, but it's also not the cash buyer's fault and I can't blame him for wanting to cancel the deal, so the right thing to do is cancel and refund his EMD. What about a seller? When should you let a seller out of a contract? First of all, it should go without saying, but I'm gonna say it anyway, never enter into a contract with a seller who isn't of sound mind and clearly capable and aware of what they're agreeing to. If you are dealing with an elderly seller, you may not know if they are fully capable, so be extra precautious. Ask to speak to the elderly seller's next of kin or closest caretaker and make sure they are present when negotiating, offering, and contracting. Explain clearly all of their options so they can make an informed decision. And if at any point an elderly person changes their mind for whatever reason and doesn't want to sell anymore, let them out of the contract. It doesn't matter why. Honestly, I think this is a good business practice with all sellers, not just elderly sellers. If something happens in a seller's life and it's no longer the best decision for them to sell their home and they're not trying to backdoor you or sell it for more money to someone else and they are open and transparent with you about what's going on, my position is to not enforce the contract and instead remove the affidavit and cancel the contract and let the seller out of the deal, regardless of how much money you would make. I actually had this very thing happen recently. I had an executed contract with a seller on a house in Michigan. The seller needed to sell quickly because his work was transferring him out of state. The problem was he didn't have any equity because he just bought the property a year earlier and he couldn't sell it on the open market. 
So we agreed that I'd buy it subject to using creative financing. Now this house was newly renovated and in a great location, so my plan was to use it for overnight rental. But then right before closing, he called me and told me his work decided instead to send him to Europe. I think for like six months, and he no longer wanted to sell because he would need a home when it was time to come back from Europe. So what did I do? Well, rather than tell you, why don't I just let you watch the conversation? I was driving with my videographer and we recorded the conversation. Take a listen and then leave a comment and let me know if you think I made the right decision. Hey Jerry, how's it going? Good, how you doing Perrier? Good, good. So, I wanted to reach out to you directly because this is completely unexpected, but um, I'm getting shipped off to Germany for a certain amount of time and this is putting a, a big, huge hindrance on everything we talked mm. about. And I wanted to see what options we had here. So no longer moving to down south? No, because- uh, Oh, okay. Been, yeah, I'm gonna be going to Germany for a while and then when I come back, won't have a place if we have if we move forward with this gotcha so you're you're thinking i'll be stationed in germany for a time then come back and might need a house when you come back correct i see okay so let's say you do germany and you and you're done with germany if they don't reposition you down south you would just come back to michigan and continue your job there correct yeah yeah, I guess so. You tell me. I'm, I mean, if, if, if we go through with it, then you won't have a house to come back to. You'll have to buy something new. If that's if that's not right. what you want to do, then... No, that's not what I want to do at all. And I, in good faith, I will pay for whatever fees it takes for uh, the ones... Cause you said you already invested some money into the contracts and stuff, so I'm... I don't want to have you in a bind or anything like that. I just no, it's just good terms and all that. It's just paying my team for some time. I mean, it's okay, Rochelle. I get it. Things things come up. I don't. You don't need to pay me anything. Okay, well, I appreciate that. I mean, if there's anything you want me to pay, just let me know because this is completely last minute, and you know I was prepared to move forward with things, and then my company called me on a Saturday and I'm scrambling around to try and get things worked out and then I, I just signed a contract on a Friday afternoon. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm like, I'm not going to hold hold you to the contract if, if things aren't working out, I get it. So, I can let Rochelle know. I, I bet you things will come back around. So, I want to stay on good terms with you after your assignment in Germany. Maybe you call me back and want to do it then. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, that was the plan in the first place. Because I, I want to get out of Michigan, but it's just not the time yet. Yeah, yeah. So I'm your guy when you're ready. Okay, well, I appreciate that. And uh, what's, what are the next steps as far as uh, getting that kind of squared away? Nothing, because, um, I mean, she'll just let title know because they opened escrow, I think. And there's not much to do, just not, not move forward is all. Okay. Well, I sincerely appreciate this. It was, you know, I was, wasn't sure how to even go about it because I was, you know, there's a lot of contracts out there that I can't back out from. And, you know, I wanted to talk to you directly because, you know, this puts me in, a, in an awful position when I come home and don't have a house because I, I can't even move my stuff. Yeah, I don't play that way. If, if, it, if at any point, if you called me up the day before closing and we had this conversation, it would be the same for me. I, I don't ever do deals that don't work for everybody, regardless yeah. of a contract. And I, 
I would hope someone would do the same for me if, if roles were reversed. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not going to hold you to it, even though we have an executed agreement. Yeah. Only a couple good people still out there, you know? What's that? I said there's not a lot of good people out there, you know? So sometimes you just get held to things and you have to deal with fallout. Yeah, well, I, I play the long game. I mean, let's say this deal goes through. I, in 10 years, you might call me with another deal because you had a good experience with me. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a good point. That's how I like to do things. Just do right to people and good things happen. So if they do reassign you back south or you want to move or whatever, you know, give me a call. We'll relook at everything. Okay, sounds good. I really appreciate it, sincerely. Well, good luck to you, Perrier. Yeah, yeah I appreciate it. Hope it goes well. All right, All right, talk to you soon. All right, see you. Bye. Well, that, I'm not going to make the guy sell me his house, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs>